TSN 1200 presents I Run, the running show, hosted by CFRA talk show host, Ottawa citizen columnist and marathon runner, Mark Sutcliffe. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us once again this week. I hope you've had a great week. We are joined on the line once again this week by I Run's general manager and editor, Ben Kaplan, Ray Zahab is still doing one of his crazy, adventurous expeditions. Ben, great to talk to you again. How are you? Thank you. I'm not in, I think Ray's in Patagonia right now, yeah. actually. So something, so I don't have as much excitement as him going on, but uh, I'm feeling good nevertheless. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about the whole experience of uh, of what he's been doing. And we'll have him on the show as soon as he gets back. Uh, and we'll, of course... Uh, see what he has to say about it in an upcoming issue of I Run as well, because he always writes about the lessons that he's learned from running, the life lessons and other lessons that he's picked up along the way, and there's always some great stuff in there. You're hard at work on the next issue of I Run right now, which is going to be out in a few weeks. Yeah, it's exciting, and it actually ties into what Ray does, because it's sort of about you know the, the limits of uh, where we can go. So it's a trails issue, and we shot it in gorgeous Calgary um, with Alyssa St. Laurent on the cover. And Alyssa is very famous because she won the Canadian death race, which you could argue is maybe the hardest trail run in the world. And she didn't win it for the women. She won it, you know, hands down. So she beat all the guys too. Wow. And this race, yeah, she's quite a hero. And the photographs are just stunning. And I'm so happy to get the sort of the natural Alberta wild scenery, uh, you know, really just looking resplendent, natural light, and it's very inspiring stuff. Sounds great. And, of course, everything you need to know about the Canadian death race is in the name of the event, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's started tough. by a couple of uh, prison guards, I believe. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's a challenging, challenging course, and it's interesting to see a woman winning it. We we knew this kind of thing was going to happen because there's actually a lot of scientific evidence that suggests that the longer you go, the more it evens out between men and women, that endurance races, uh, it, shorter races, men have an advantage because they tend to have bigger muscles and bigger fast-twitch kind of uh, better fast-twitch muscles, but the longer you go and the more it's about endurance— the better women do, and they close the gap and even surpass men in some cases. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really something, and you had wondered when this might happen. So you know, I can't now. I'm not. I don't know hands down, but I really can't think of another example of this. So so she's quite the uh, you know. And again, she doesn't she doesn't do this as a full time job. You know, she has a job, so that she's able to to do this as a weekend hobbyist is. Uh, it's inspiring, you yeah, know. It's incredible. And if she can do it, so so can anyone else. And to think that going back uh, forty years, women weren't allowed to run in the Olympic marathon. In fact, if you go back fifty years, they weren't even allowed to do distances longer than two hundred or eight hundred meters because it was considered unsafe for women to run long distances like that. Now, not only are lots of women doing half marathons, marathons, ultra marathons, but in this case, here's a woman who's beating the entire field. 
Yeah, it's it's something else, and it's, it's not only weren't women allowed to do it, but it was such consternation and such controversy that you know there's those great pictures of Catherine Switzer, the first woman to run Boston, where the race director came down off his race car and tried to actually tackle her, you know, and get her off the course. It was so so fraught with uh, you know outrage that a woman yeah. would attempt the marathon that he was literally going to going to tackle her to get her off his course. Yeah, and that was what less than fifty years ago. So times have changed quite a bit and yeah. uh yeah so uh coming up on the show today we're actually going to talk to reed Coolset, who of course had this great dialogue with eric gillis in the last issue of i run magazine uh and i know you really got a kick out of the dynamic between the two of them well, that's that. That's just the best, and and we've done more and more of that. In that same issue, we have a piece uh, by Ed Whitlock, who just celebrated his eighty fourth birthday yesterday. And I find one of the most effective storytelling devices is just to let these guys tell the story themselves. I mean, we're, we're talking about and Iron is celebrating the everyday runner, and what you find is these people's stories. Read Coolset. Uh, matches our own. I mean, he, you know, at 25K, I love when Eric tells me, you know, at 25K when he qualified for the Olympics, his, inside his mind he was thinking like, oh, well, I failed this one. You know, I'm not going to be able to make it to 29K. And it's like, huh, I think the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's actually amazing how much you can get from, uh, even when you're not an elite runner, uh, how much you can get from the experiences of elite runners and how much they are uh, aligned. They're running at, at as, as fast as they can for whatever distance they're running, and you're running as fast as you can for whatever distance you're running. So the experience, even though you're not at the front of the pack, is actually quite similar. You can relate to it. Yeah, that's what that's what I love, and, it, and it's funny to watch the, the the guys tease each other and things. I mean, the other yeah. thing you got to remember is these people are, you know, it's a, you're talking to a twenty five year old or thirty year old, whatever they are. I mean, you know, the young kids. So to get some of the jocularity in there is is, is pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also coming up on the show today, we're going to talk to a runner who is raising a lot of money for the Ottawa Hospital and is going to be running once again this year at Ottawa Race Weekend. And the Ottawa Cycling and Running Expo is coming up in just a few weeks, and I'm going to be speaking at that event. And iRun is behind that event as well. We're supporting it. We've got a great relationship with the organizers of the event, Stefan Vesna and his team. And we're going to talk on the show today to one of the other speakers who's going to be there, Patrick Duprat. But I know, Ben, you've had many conversations with Stefan about this event that's coming up April 9th and 10th in Ottawa. And uh, it's it's uh, he, this guy has a real passion for cycling and running, and he wants the, the whole community to come out for this event. Yeah, him and his partner, they're veterans as well. So there's a real, uh, there's a, a, a contribution factor as well. Which yeah. is a charity. I don't know the details, but I just know that's a big part of what they're doing, that it involves rehabilitation and, you know, and, and running for post-PTSD and things, because him and his partner who started the company ha- have both been through, uh, you know, combat. Yeah, uh, Wounded Warriors is the name of the organization that they're supporting. Right. And yeah. uh, it's a great organization, so... That's a big part of this as well, and uh, there are going to be speakers who have who have uh, been through some challenging experiences and have overcome that and are on the other side of some of those experiences, so there's an element of that as well. But uh, this is the first time they're doing the event here in Ottawa, and they're hoping it'll be a success, so we encourage you to support that event, and we'll be talking to one of the speakers coming up a little bit later in the show. And again, the Ottawa Cycling and Running Expo is coming up on April 9th and 10th here in Ottawa. And uh, you can, if you go to my Facebook page, you can find some of the information 
information there. Uh, IRUN has been promoting the event as well. So, Ben, you've got a race coming up in a couple of weeks from now. You're going to be doing, as we talked about last week, you're going to be doing Around the Bay in Hamilton and Burlington, which is a tremendous historic event, the oldest continuously run event in North America. Uh, So you you must be uh, just on the verge of tapering for that. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I just, you know, I came off the chili a couple of weeks ago, and I had, I would say, almost a breakthrough run. I I ran really well. But uh, the thing is about the half marathon uh, in in Burlington that I did is relatively flat, and it's 21K, so you you can have a good run at that but at my goal is the marathon so as i move up distances and around the bay course is is challenging it's it's much more hilly and it's you know especially in the later stages of the run it's uphill so it's it's a challenge um my my goal race is is the toronto marathon or the ottawa marathon where i'm trying to break three hours but i'm feeling uh you know what i'm doing is i'm enjoying it tuesday i believe i went for a run i sort of was finding myself in a funk so i mean sometimes i just go by feeling not a training program right if i find myself in a in a funk you know it was raining out and i just had one of these runs in the rain where i was like you know if you had seen me, I, you know, I'm, I'm yelling to myself and I've got my music going and I'm, you know, cause for me, it's, it's about, I, it, I want something more, you know, it's, I have an emotional connection to the sport and I, I, I let my freak flag fly when I'm out there, you know, and on Tuesday, I really had a good one like that just to get myself, get myself going, you know, and to feel, and to feel powerful yeah sounds great i always connect around the bay to the very first issue of i run when we launched eight years ago now uh because i went to around the bay and i interviewed the grim reaper and i talked to a bunch of other athletes who were who were participating uh that year in around the bay and uh, we just thought it was a great place to to kind of start with our coverage because it is the oldest race that's that's happened every year in North America, almost as old as the Boston Marathon, but they've had some interruptions along the way. And so um, we're, uh, you know, we, we, it was a great place. So I always think, I always connect that to the launch of the magazine, uh, and it's been almost eight years now. Well, I tell you, if you wouldn't mind me adding one thing, we are doing another launch with Around the Bay because we are moving to uh, sort of custom content. So what we're doing is based on the Around the Bay finishers, and this is what we hope to be doing. You know, we're going to be doing this through the spring and continuing in the fall for these race seasons where people that run these races at Around the Bay is where we start. Once you finish, we are going to then sort of train you for the next race, and we're going to have all custom nutrition from chefs in Hamilton and the race director, the medical director of Around the Bay telling you what to do for afterwards, for how to have the best recovery. And we have video about, you know, stretches you can do to loosen up, and this is going to be our new model. Cool. Our, you know, our... Yeah, so it's very exciting. So once again, eight years later, or you know, you started the magazine uh, at Around the Bay, and now our digital restart uh, is also at Around the Bay. So very it's, uh, cool. Yeah, significant. I like the sound of that, Ben. Great to talk to you again. <laughs> Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Ben Kaplan, I Run's general manager and editor. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk to an athlete who's getting ready for Ottawa Race Weekend and is raising a lot of money along the way. Stick around. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's I Run, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to I Run, the running show on TSN 1200. 
Welcome back. Our first guest this week is a longtime runner who has a passion for the sport. She also has raised thousands of dollars for the Ottawa Hospital here in Ottawa over the last few years at Ottawa Race Weekend. Justine Sider, great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell me when you got into running and and what it's done for you. Um, Well, I kind of started running in high school. I ran on and off throughout, you know, high school and university and into my 30s. And then I guess it was my late 30s, I decided I really needed to get back into it. I had always loved running and I was, you know, experiencing some work and life stress in my life uh, at the time. So I had started running slowly and ran my first half marathon in May of 2008. And since then, I've never looked back. I ran religiously on the weekends and uh, a little bit during the week, mostly on the weekends. I'm not a crazy runner, but I love what it, you know, makes me feel good. And um, I time my run, my marathon runs to fundraising. So I get a kick out of that as well. So, and yeah, so, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And so how many marathons have you done? So this will be my fifth one in um, May um, this year. I I started. I did my first marathon in May of 2010, and I've done. Uh, I have done my. Well, I'll do my fifth one this May. Right on. And and what is it that you get out of it? Obviously, I know I I know your husband. We used to work together, and and you guys have kids, and you both have jobs. You have a busy life. So is it is it stress relief? What is it that you get out of running? For me, it's stress relief. As I said, I was, you know, going through a really stressful period when my kids were little and I had a health concern at the time and I really decided to um, do something more active. So I got back into running after not having run for a number of years and um, so there's a stress relief as well. My kids often used to joke that, you know, if I was cranky on the weekends, I had clearly not gone for my run <laughs> and had a cup of coffee. <laughs> so there was that. And, and, and also, I tie my, my, my races, the races that I ran to fundraising. So that gives me a real, not only a sense of accomplishment of having, you know, been able to run a marathon, but knowing that I'm able to fundraise. Uh, for the hospitals, and my family has been big users of the hospitals in Ottawa, and I feel that if I can run, um, hopefully people can sponsor me, and it's my way of getting back. So I feel emotionally satisfied, if you will, from, from the fundraising I do. Yeah, and, and is is that why you support the hospital, because because of the fact that your family has, has been a, have been, members of your family have been patients at the hospital? Well, yes, there's that, and I and so there's a personal connection, clearly. Um, but also, I feel that it's um, sort of part of my the way I look at life. That you know, we're all we all should give back what we get as well, and try to give more. And so there is a personal side of it, and there's also my you know more like a life philosophy, I guess, of trying to do good in the community and give back to the community that I uh, that I live in. And has it helped you? Has it helped motivate you as a runner? I mean, are you more likely to sign up for a marathon because you're you're connecting it to the fundraising? Well, that's really the only reason I think I've been able to do a marathon. I mean, I I, I did a couple half marathons at the beginning and and also did fundraising, but a marathon is a quantum leap from a half marathon in terms of the training requirement. And I think the only way I was ever able to get out of bed on a Sunday morning. 
um, was to know that I had to do the run because I was, you know, I had committed to raising funds. People were sponsoring me. So the, the days that I really felt like I just couldn't get out of bed and, you know, building up to a three-hour run or 30 kilometers is pretty much the, the, the most I've ever run. Um, to me, that's a real, it can be a real drag <laughs> sometimes on a sure. Sunday morning to do that. It's a huge time commitment and, um, you know, sometimes I just wished I was sitting on the porch with a cup of coffee and my little dog to keep me company, but that was what motivated me to get out of bed on the days that I really didn't feel like doing a three-hour run or building up to a three-hour run. It was knowing that I had committed to fundraising and that people were supporting me, and I didn't want to let anybody down. That's a great way to put it. And now, along the way, you've discovered that you're you're actually a pretty good runner because uh, I understand you qualified for Boston, right? Yeah, so last year I hadn't run at all during the winter because it was just too cold and it was the first year since I started running that I didn't run through the winter. Um, so I kind of had to play catch up when March came around to really get ready to run. And surprisingly, I raised the most money I had ever raised for the hospital um, last year. And on top of that, I qualified for Boston by 22 seconds. <laughs> wow. So that was, I, could, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just squeaked in as a qualifier, but that's, you know, I shouldn't, I was just really proud of myself that I was able to get there from March to May and that I not only qualified for Boston, but I ran my best race ever and I fundraised the most I had ever fundraised for the hospital. So that was a pretty good day. It was a great day. Yeah. <laughs> it was really on cloud nine that day. And so are you running Boston this year? Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to, I didn't uh, manage to get in. I kept trying to, to register, but I guess they do it by um, by time right. slots. And I, in the end, I went to sign up and it had already closed. And someone had told me that I missed it by about two. I was two minutes too slow to have been, to have qualified that year, the way they, they let people in. But I'll try again for next year. I'll try to run, you know, my best and, uh, not think about it too much, and hopefully I'll have a good run and maybe qualify for Boston next year. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you, you can make your qualifying time, but then if if there are too many people, then they drop the people who are closest to the qualifying time, and and so you, you were kind of in that in that little bubble between the actual qualifying yeah. time and, the, and where the cutoff <laughs> was. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, 22 seconds just didn't cut it this year, yeah. so... And uh, but you know maybe I mean if you if you can do a Boston qualifier when you only start your training in March, imagine what you can do if you're if you're starting your training earlier than that, right? Yeah. Well, I've uh, this winter I didn't run too much in January, but you know I'm back on track to trying to you know do run every Sunday on a long week, and I cut it short last Sunday because I had a pain in my knee for the first time ever, but hopefully that'll go away and I'll have more time to train this time and do better than last year. And are you raising money for a specific uh, purpose at the at the Ottawa Hospital? Is it going towards something specific? No, I just, um, they had asked me every year, and I just put down priority needs because you know, I have no burning issue uh, for me. You know, some people want it to go to a specific fund or cause, and I just feel they should take it and use it as, as they need to use it, and that's fine with me. Yeah, well, that's a great way to do it because there, increasingly there's so many people who are raising money for a specific thing, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it means that, that there aren't as many of those funds for just sort of general general use by the yeah. hospital. So, yeah, you're making a difference and there. 
And I think they know better than me what the needs are at the hospital, so that way they can take, you know, the money that I raise and and use it as they see fit. And do you have a specific fundraising goal this year? Well, um, last year I raised just over $3,500, or just under $3,500, and this year um, I worked with the hospital on some promotional material and my profile, and uh, so I noticed that my fundraising goal was now up to (laughs) $4,000. which is fine with me. So that's my goal for this year, and I hope that I meet it. Okay. Well, I hope you meet it too, and I hope you also get an even faster time than you did last year and that you can run in Boston next year because it's a a great experience and well worth it. Justine, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Justine Sider, who is a runner from Ottawa, who is running her fifth marathon at Ottawa Race Weekend and raising money for the Ottawa Hospital. Coming up next, we'll talk to Canadian Olympian Reed Coolset. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's iRun, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to iRun, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the show, and thank you once again for joining us this week. Our next guest is elite runner Reed Coolset, Canadian Olympian. He writes in the latest issue of I Run Magazine about Eric Gillis, his training partner, who is also, of course, a Canadian Olympian. We're going to talk about that and getting ready for the 2016 Olympics in Rio. Reed, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. So let's talk first about this uh, this article that you wrote about your training partner Eric Gillis. Uh, what was that experience like sharing uh, the 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 uh, the your your inside knowledge of Eric after running together for fifteen years? Yeah, it was a funny article because um, Ben asked me to write it, and at first I was really hesitant. Um, I didn't really want to write an article on Eric. Uh, I just thought it would be either too biased coming from me or, or whatnot. And then Ben um, kind of came back and said, no, he like he really wanted, you know, it, it just sounded like it was coming from me, so to add myself into it. Right. Um, and then, so, yeah, it, it sounded a bit more fun then. Um, like, I didn't really have to write an article, like kind of an anonymous article on Eric. He wanted more of, like, a, a story with me involved. Um, yeah, you didn't have to be a journalist so, here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he, he been persistent, and he talked me into it, and uh, and he said, you know, just have a little bit of fun with it. Um, and it was pretty easy um, to do because uh, you know I, I know Eric fairly well, and um, it wasn't hard to write uh, good things about him, and you know his career and and what he's done, um, you know, raising a family and making some sacrifices, and and still being able to run really well, and just like how we get along and stuff like that, it came pretty easily. So it was a fun article to write. And so you talk about the first time you guys ran against each other, raced against each other, and you actually lost your shoe in that race? Yeah, that was one of the first times we did race against each other. We um, went to different universities around the same time, both in Canada, and we raced in the CIS against each other. Um, Yeah, the difference was I was part of a really good team. We were winning CI titles at the time and, and Eric was um by far the best runner at his school. Um and then after a couple of CIs uh already racing each other, um, where I was kind of uh, I think I beat him quite easily, but he was you know, he was catching up and so this race, yeah, my shoe came off and he was looking for me throughout the race to key off of me. 
and uh, I was 400 meters behind last place, putting pulling my shoe back on um, uh, very early into the race. So actually, no, I shouldn't say 400 meters, like 30 meters behind the race, 400 yeah. meters into the race. Um, Probably felt like I 400 just, meters know, though when your shoe comes uh, off and you watch everybody disappearing, yeah, when, right? When, yeah. When I looked at when I looked up from getting my shoe back on and I realized there's a gap to you know, the very last place in the race. I kind of went into panic mode for a bit, but um, luckily I didn't try to do it all at once. So I just kind of weaved my way through, but I didn't get up until the, you know, the top five until the last kilometer. And, uh, you know, that's kind of when somewhere in the last kilometers when I, you know, I passed Eric and passed a couple other guys to finally get into, I think, uh, fourth place. And, uh, yeah, so after the race, Eric mentioned that he was, he was like, oh, I was trying to key off of you because, you know, you'd run so consistently the last couple of years. And, and I, then I told him what had happened. And it kind of made sense to him. And, um, yeah, that's like, I guess when we uh, started a dialogue and it wasn't that long afterwards that, um, yeah, we, uh, you know, he was interested in training in Guelph and um, wanted to, you know, train with a bunch of other people. And so we'll we'll get back to your relationship with him in a minute. But for you to finish fourth in a race where you lost your shoe and had to stop and put it back on, I mean that's that's pretty crazy. It makes me think of that moment in Chariots of Fire where Eric Little gets knocked over or falls down, and then he just comes storming back and and wins in this race. So I, I mean, you really you really must have had to push hard to get back into that thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was obviously a big um, setback early on. Going into the race, I really was wanted to uh, you know challenge for the win, um, at least top three, and uh, yeah. And so to be fourth with you know the, having your shoe fall off early on and having to put it back, like I was really happy with the final outcome. Um, and uh, had it been fourth with without my shoe coming off, it would have been maybe a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. bit of a disappointment, but still would have been all right. Yeah, there's an asterisk there when your shoe comes off. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so, uh, so tell me about the dynamic of having somebody like Eric to train with, because I think a lot of people look at running and think of it as an individual sport and, uh, they don't, it's, it's kind of hard to understand until you actually get involved in it, what the benefits are of having somebody to train with and even race against. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge benefit for both of us to be able to, to, you know, push each other in the longer workouts. Um, it's with speed river. It's great, um, for a lot of the time throughout the year, because when we're not specifically trained for the marathon, we are able to, um, train with a lot of other guys. So for instance, um, Monday we did a workout of four by 10 minutes and there was at least a dozen of us kind of, you know, like pushing the pace and, you know, Eric and I were you know, towards the front. Um, but you know, so was Taylor Mill and, and Barry Britt. And a few other guys. So, um, yeah, it, it's great to be able to, you know, be a part of a group just like the Kenyans are, you know, pushing each other and, you know, the big groups in the United States are doing and whatnot. But when it comes to the marathon, then Eric and I, we train with a few other guys for the marathon, but our times are a bit faster. So then, yeah, we're just kind of out, out alone, the two of us, when we're really pushing our marathon pace. And to do it alone year after year would be really tiring. Um, and, you know, the workouts wouldn't be quite as sharp, you know, it's hard to, it's harder to push the pace by yourself. And, um, even if somebody's slightly in front of you or slightly behind you, it still, still motivates you to, and pushes you to run a little bit quicker, which is, uh, which is really helpful. 
So if if you were to characterize it, what percentage is it friendship and what percentage is it rivalry? Because obviously it does there is a competition happening here. You guys are racing against each other sometimes. Yeah, you know, I think if it was uh if rivalry was a big percentage of that relationship, um we probably wouldn't have lasted this long as as friends. Um or even burnt each other out in workouts. So it's you know, yeah, like, sure, we're sure there's a rivalry when we get on the line, we want to beat each other. But even a lot of those races where we do, we ended up, we end up working together in the first part of the race and, um, you know, pushing the pace together, not necessarily trying to knock another one, you know, somebody else out because there very well could be, you know, like a third or fourth guy in there. Um, you know, also trying to race and, you know, you can't just focus on one other guy. Um, that being said, Eric and I, haven't raced much in the in the past uh in the past since the olympics really in 2012 in the past four years um we've planned on racing more times together but just because of you know somebody might get a little bit injured or or somebody's schedule might be a bit different we uh we've only raced i think two maybe three times yeah and it's i mean with the marathon it's not like you're you're in a race every month or something and then you're seeing each other all the time if you're if you're working towards a particular marathon in the spring and Eric's working towards a different one, then you're not going to race against each other, right? Yeah, exactly. And even the build-up races are a bit different. But there's been a few occasions um, when we've planned on doing the same marathon, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, Rotterdam 2013, uh, Eric was a bit banged up, so he didn't do it. Um, Toronto 2013, we both were planning on racing. Um I fell off my bike, broke my collarbone, so I didn't do that race, and he still did it. Um, and there's, you know, there's two other occasions like that where we actually had the same race on the, the schedule, and, and one of us couldn't make it and you know, just focus on a different race instead. And so I think there's a, a really powerful lesson in all of this, that that uh, you guys are better off with each other and supporting each other and competing against each other and, and spurring each other on than you would be separately. I, I, again, I think it's the kind of thing that, that you wouldn't understand until you're actually in it, but you're you're better working together than you are working separately. Oh, yeah, and with, without a doubt. Um, yeah, we're, it's way... It's way easier. It's also you get a lot more out of each workout, um, and it's easier to stay motivated, accountable. Yeah, there's a lot of positives. Um, if it wasn't for Eric at Speed River, um, I would, I would, I would probably, I would think I would be looking to, you know, train with somebody else for maybe you know a month of uh, like a marathon buildup. Whether you know I go to the states or you know maybe going um, to Vancouver to train with uh, Dylan Weiss or something. Um, who knows? But um, yeah, I definitely would uh, be looking to do something else um, than than run two months of uh, marathon workouts by myself. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and now you're in a position where uh, you're, you've both run qualifying times to go back to the Olympics, and you're waiting to see what happens. But uh, tell me a little bit about your mindset about going back to the Olympics this summer, which is very likely to happen now after the experience you had in London four years ago. Yeah, I mean, the Olympics was an amazing experience for me. Um, uh, the actual performance, it was underwhelming. Uh, I had some problems in the heat and just didn't execute uh, on the day like I would normally like to. So I'm really looking forward to going back and, and having that race that you know I know I can have. And to be in a position that Eric and I are in with having hit our qualify, qualifying times last fall and then now 
in 2016, we're just looking at um, proving fitness through means of a half marathon. And, you know, we're hoping that, um, you know, another, a third guy can also uh, toe the line with us in Rio. Um, you know, there's a couple, like Rob Watson and Dylan Wikes will be shooting for uh, Olympic standards this spring. So um, hopefully both uh, make the times, but hopefully only one um, is going. <laughs> otherwise, you know, they would be knocking uh, knocking Eric off the team. But um, Eric's time looks really solid at 2.11.31. Um, Not like last both, time, right, where know, he made it by a second, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like really similar time. Like he was only three seconds slower yeah. than, uh, than 2011. Um which which led me to say it was a good thing that those two races weren't reversed. Like it's a good thing they didn't run two eleven thirty one in twenty eleven and two eleven twenty eight. Yeah, <laughs> in twenty fifteen it would have been a completely different story. But um, yeah, we're really excited to be heading to Rio. Um, all of our training is kind of geared towards that. So you know, right now we're obviously training hard, looking to run a good half marathon, but knowing that the main focus will be a June build up into August 21st. Yeah, and uh, that's a good place to be where you don't have to run like the other guys might have to or run a fast time in a spring marathon just to get there. But you mentioned the heat in London, and I find it interesting that most of the big marathons are in the spring and the fall, and the, yet the Olympic marathon, which is the world's biggest stage, is typically in the summer, and in this this year it's, it's going to be in a climate that can be pretty hot. Uh, so uh, you, you must have to prepare differently for that. For sure. You need to be uh, acclimated to the heat if you're going to run well in the heat, I mean, at least for most most, most athletes. Um, and uh, I really find that. I have run well in the heat before. I've competed really well um, in hotter conditions relative to other, um, especially other North American and European athletes. Um, so I, I'm confident that I can do it, but it's something that I'll have to be conscious about and really focus on, you know, doing some of my runs in the hot weather and maybe using a, you know, a sauna or a steam room from time to time, um, just to, just to make sure my body's used to it going into Rio, which doesn't look like it's supposed to be super hot because it's their winter time, but it's still, it could very well be similar conditions to London, which is 25 degrees, um, Celsius, which is um you know hot hot for a marathon yeah exactly well reed it's great to talk to you and it's so exciting that this is an olympic year and that canadians are going back to the marathon at the olympics this year in rio good luck with your training and thank you so much for joining us on the show and for writing that great piece in the magazine oh yeah thanks a lot for having me that is Reed Coolset, Canadian Olympian. Coming up next, we're going to talk to an incredible athlete who competes in cross triathlon. He's going to be speaking at the Ottawa Cycling and Running Expo coming up April 9th and 10th. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's Iron, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to Iron, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. My next guest is a cross triathlete. We're going to talk about exactly what that means, but it's kind of an extreme form of triathlon where you're swimming in rough waters, you're mountain biking, and you're running on trails instead of on the roads. And he's going to be one of the people, along with me, speaking at the Ottawa Cycling and Running Expo. It's coming up April 9th and 10th here in Ottawa. Patrick Duprat, great to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for you, Mark. I really appreciate it. 
So tell me how you got into this, uh, into this particular form of triathlon. When did you get into running and cycling in the first place? You know what? First of all, um, this is very, this is very weird because uh, two years ago, me and my family would just decide to quit the the life here, just go somewhere, and we start to live in Costa Rica for a year with uh, with my two boys and my and, and my wife, and that's and that's in Costa Rica. I met uh, many people, and it just introduced me about uh, cross triathlon. And uh, I started to do cross talking in, uh, in, in Costa Rica. So you were doing it in Costa Rica, which, of course, would be an amazing setting for that, wouldn't it? I'm, I'm sure it's incredibly beautiful there to be doing this kind of training. Uh, it's an amazing place, but it's very hot. So uh, you need to train uh, all the time very, very early in the morning because it's impossible to train uh in afternoon because sure. it's always between forty and forty-five, you know. Yeah. And uh, and, and 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 in Costa Rica, uh, the top ten in the world in Costa Rica, we got maybe three or four Costa Ricans. So this is very popular there, and yeah, just uh, people was very amazing too with the, with the cross travel. And so, had you done a lot of cycling and running before that, and swimming as well? Were you doing much of that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the first sport, uh, sport I start, I swim. Uh, around 13 years in my life, and after I switched for a month in biking, uh, so uh, I raced uh, almost 20 years of my life uh, mountain biking, so a different level uh, and still edit level. And um, and uh, all the time, I just, uh, for training, I do a lot of running too, but all the time cross-country running. Okay, so you, you've always been a trail runner and, and not a road runner. Exactly, and uh, why? Because I had so many injury before, and uh, so that's the reason I switched to to do some trail running. And in Costa Rica, I met somebody. Uh, his name is Jesse Stenland, and she uh, she showed me how I'm supposed to run. So she showed me everything about the basic to run. And now um, I don't have any more injury, so I just changed everything about my run. And uh, now it's it's amazing how I can run now. And so what did you change, the the actual mechanics of your running? Exactly. I changed, you know what, uh, G.C. Stenland, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful woman, passed almost 10 years in his life with uh, the national team Trackland in the U.S., and now she's, uh, she's just studying the, the feet, you know, about the feet. So she showed me what's happening about running. She showed me about the biomechanic, about the foot, and she showed me all the uh, edic- uh, what do you call it? all exercise, you know, to uh, with my foot about my running, my biomechanic, my position, my arms, everything. Okay, wow, and that's it's not easy to go through that process because running is such a natural thing, and 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 uh, you just you kind of do it the way you've always done it, and to change your mechanics, it it takes real effort. You really have to practice it, don't you? Uh, you know what? Each day I run. Uh, uh, yeah, I do a lot of techniques. I do a lot. Um, it's called education, uh, uh, you know. So yeah, but you know what? Now I have almost no more injury. I can run. I enjoy running. So uh, take time. We need take almost a year and a half to uh, to, to have a better running. And now, uh, yeah, now I, I'm enjoying to run now. Yeah, and you've had some some great success in this sport of cross triathlon. Tell me about some of your accomplishments. 
But first of all, uh, I the first uh, the first triathlon I I made it's in uh, Costa Rica, Las Catalinas, and I finished uh, first of my group age and fifth in the elite. So so that's the that's this is with this uh, competition I start to say okay I think I can have some some uh, some chance to do something good you know. And I met a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Francois Callen. It's a top five in the in the cross record in the world. It's a Frenchman. He said, Pat, you know, just try to, to qualify for the World Championship. I say, come on, Frank. This is my first year. He said, no, go for it. You're very fast in the swim, very fast in biking, and just do your best for running. So I just decided, okay, I, I, I will prepare myself. And I... Um, I made uh, uh, Xterra Costa Rica, and for qualifying, I need to finish first on the group H, and this is what I do. So I, I finished first and qualify myself for the World Championship, and at the World Championship, I finished 10 on my group H, 40, 44. Wow. So, <laughs> and that's all so while that's, you're still very new to the sport, right? So this is, that's incredible success on a, on a short timetable. But, uh, you know, Mark, first of all, uh, I just enjoy to do the sport. Yeah, a lot, and I believe a lot about the sport. And um, yeah, I just put the three sport together, and it's okay, go for it, Pat. So, and yeah, and now I'm uh, I'm an ambassador for Ultranza uh, Marin. So I try to grow up the this uh, the sport here and uh, get to know. Try to have some events and try to. Uh, to put more uh, young people or young athletes to try the cross track. Right on. And what is it about the running on the trails, about trail running in particular that you like? What is it that you enjoy so much about trail running? To be in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be in the woods, uh, the freedom, uh, it's always different when you run uphill, downhill, uh, obstacle, you know. So so that's the thing. I like it. And to be in the woods, I'm, I'm free. Uh, so uh, yeah, the, first of all, it's to be in the wood and uh, just enjoy running. Well, it's great to talk to you, Patrick, and I'm really looking forward to meeting you at the Ottawa Cycling and Running Expo coming up in just a couple of weeks. You're going to be speaking there, and and you're an ambassador for this sport now, and so I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to want to hear more about it, uh, people who have never tried anything like what you've done uh, and uh, who have maybe done some running events or some traditional triathlons where uh, the, the conditions are completely different. Uh, so I'm sure it's going to be a great talk, and I look forward to meeting you when you're in Ottawa. Thanks so much for for joining us on the show. It's, uh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to talk to you, Mark, and I hope I'm going to see you uh, soon. Thank you. Right on. Patrick Duprat, who is from Gatineau, just across the Ottawa River from Ottawa, and he is a cross-triathlete. It involves swimming in rough water, mountain biking, and trail running through the woods. Very cool event. And uh, it's growing in popularity, and Patrick is at the forefront of that. And once again, he'll be speaking at the Ottawa Cycling and Running Expo. It's coming up April 9th and 10th here in Ottawa. And that's it for our show this week. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Great to talk to you. We'll be back again in seven days to talk running once again. Until then, have a great week. Thanks for listening.